Welcome back, everybody, to Smash and Grab Comics. I am the pretty boy of comics, JP. I'm here with and the this bearded is, boy of comics. Th- this is the snottiness of comics, Tyler. Um, <laughs> we should do a comic snot boy. I know. Uh, I got, It'll be the companion to Snot Girl. Mm-hmm. Except, except, you know, interesting. Ooh, it'll go. Was, fr- it'll go was, further. That was rude. Hey, I had to stop reading it because after, after after you know a dozen issues, it hadn't gone really anywhere. You cut me deep there, Shrek. What you look at? Me real deep. Oh, just the screen went oh. dim, but I'm sure it's fine. It is. Yep. The red ring of death here. You know, yes. on our recorder. That means it's going. I got you. Yep. All right. Um. Anyway, so how was the bachelor party? <laughs> bachelor party was a lot of fun, man. I uh, we went up to Deadwood. We got a cabin or a lodge. Really, it was a huge lodge fit like 12 people we had 12 people so me and six of my friends eight of my friends and you would, for some reason i had my head you went to vegas no went to deadwood mini vegas so if you look or if you listen to our last episode of peggy and i talking you said you, you we, said we i went vegas. to vegas oh yeah. okay no i went to deadwood yeah and i played a lot of blackjack i probably won like 500 bucks playing blackjack which is pretty good okay i didn't i didn't come out ahead because i spent all of it yeah <laughs> but it was on drinking and food and and i don't i don't usually drink so yeah. like at all how did it go so uh, i didn't puke good i drank liquor and some you're, beer you're but like, I, you're like me i don't like beer at all i like beer and, um, it, it's more just a I'll sip on my beer and wait for my next liquor drink. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I'm a liquor guy. I just think beer tastes so yuck. I, I I've never got. I think it was my dad's fault. He was always a beer drinker. He, you know, gave me tastes. You know, as a kid, I'm always like, this is gross. <laughs> so as an adult, I have always had that in my head. Yeah. That that's what beer is. But yeah, I mean, it was just three days of fun. So just boys. Awesome. So it was it was a good it was a good time, man. It was a good time. I I really want to do another trip like next year as an anniversary trip yeah like, yeah anniversary bachelor party like you know ba- what i mean b- yeah bachelor party anniversary trip yeah we should do a but it, uh, just be a groom's party or that's a funny husband's party that or would something. be fun yeah absolutely we should do it again next year same group of guys yeah and then uh same cabin and go down and uh learn my lesson and not put money in the so slots. you were near you were near deadwood in your cabin oh we were like five minutes you know, it was, like, up the road, up this hill, and then you take a left, like, down this little dirt road that was, like, totally tucked away. Yeah. And then you could miss it. We missed it, like, five times. We imagine, drove back and imagine forth. Imagine driving that in the winter. Yeah, you know? no, no. But yeah. uh, we, we drove back and forth, like, five or six times trying to find this place on this one stretch of highway. Yeah. And then we finally found it, and then uh, My grandparents awesome. used to own a cabin right near Deadwood, and it was the same way trying to find their place, their mm-hmm. driveway, too. I mean, it's just this little dirt, you know, you could just see the two-row track from tires, and yep. that's it, you know? Now, my question is, is I fucking hated the drive. Like, the drive was so long, because it's, it's... It's straight across South Dakota. Well, it's like six hours. Uh-huh. And it was, yep. it was just grueling, because it's just like... Ugh, there, like I just there's no get there. There's nothing to see. Well, I mean, That's you can stop in like you can the s- Badlands. You could check yeah, out. but that just extends your drive, you right? Know what I mean? I and then we stopped in Wall. It's a Wall drug, like you know, it's South Dakota staple. And a couple of our guys had never been to Wall Wall drug before, and we didn't even really see all the Wall drugs because we just wanted to get to the cabin. Yeah, we ate and we left. But can, can you? Is there somewhere you can fly to like close? No, no, no. pier. You know, and how and that's far not is, even close. That's not even close. It appears just opposite, and then it'd be another five-hour drive there anyway. Well, okay, if you can imagine a triangle, Sioux Falls, where we are, is yep. the bottom right corner. Right. Deadwood, where you're going, bottom left corner. Okay. Pier, top, top uh, corner. <laughs> so, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> no, you mean, there's no airports big enough for, no. a, for an airliner. Damn. Because I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I'd love to just, like go next year, but I don't want to drive. I just want to like, fly. People that, don't, uh, that are not from the Midwest... I tell you, South Dakota, 
uh, is one of the sparsest, as far as population goes. Mm-hmm. All of the population pretty much lives where we are right now in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They're in and, like three locations. Yeah, and then Pier, the capital. And then Rapid City. Rapid City, yep, on the, on the far. Uh, and then the towns are kind of trickly. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of Native American reservations, so a lot of it, you know, um, isn't even land that we can access. Yep. Um, it, it's just there's nothing out there. Yeah. And um, it's a very big state, so when you're driving yeah, across it, it... and it's flat. And there's nothing out there, you it's, know, just sagebrush, you're like, a, what the hell, where are we? It's a grueling drive, but... Yeah, I mean, I, if... if I you made, pa- I drove it both ways. If you kind of need to get gas and you pass that gas station... Uh, you might want to make a Yui. And yeah, because it's go like pick it up because with uh, probably not another stop for another seventy miles. Right, right. Yeah. it's crazy. So, man, there's got to be a faster way to get there. Had you ever been there before? No, I've never been to Deadwood. Oh yeah, I've been to the Black Hills quite a few times, and Black Hills I've been to two or three times, but yeah. I've never been to like Deadwood. To Deadwood, Deadwood. Yeah. yeah, I've never been inside Deadwood. Yeah, and uh, it was a lot fun. of the you know all the cowboy history about that area is really cool. Yeah, and, and dude, I wasn't even like that's another reason why I want to go back because like. I just spent all, you know, the three days just drinking and gambling. Yep. And I didn't even, like, stop to, like, oh, what's this? No, oh, fuck it. I don't care. Where's the next lot video lottery machine? You know what I mean? Like, yep. it, was all, it was all that. So, so yeah. But it was fun. I'd love to go again. I just got to find a faster way to go. Or just not drive. Last time I was in Deadwood, uh, we chose to, you know, my dad and my brother and I chose to stay in um, a hotel in Deadwood that was... Um, supposedly haunted. Mm-hmm. It was um, the name of it is escaping right now. It'll come to me though. It was something like the Jefferson or something like that. Um, um, but um, yeah, I don't remember it. Anyway, it's it's uh, right in downtown Deadwood. So nothing has been remodeled or updated. I mean, exactly like straight out of 1886 or something, you know. And oh sure. And um, my dad was a little annoyed that there was no like new um, amenities there. I mean, it was just straight up yeah. old school. Authentic. Room. Yeah. Authenticity. And my brother, he spent the night uh, gambling down at the casinos down on the street. And my brother and I wandered this hotel looking for this ghost. We were in high school and we were just <laughs> like, because we had seen it on Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, sure. You know, this hotel. And then we were like, we're actually there. We were like, we're going to find this shit. Yeah, we didn't see nothing. No, nah, I didn't see shit. <laughs> oh, uh, Good times. Yeah, Peggy and I watched Infinity War, and then we got um, Mike's turned on, and her son, Brendan, Brendan <laughs> got a cold. Her son, Brendan, uh, joined us to chat about the movie. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know I don't know if I've told you, but we have a large number of downloads for that episode, and I don't know if it's just because Brendan was telling all his friends or something, but you know, it's kind of I fun. think anybody just, inf- they see Infinity War or anything at this point, and they're all just listening, so. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, our biggest complaint was that um, Thanos got the stones too easy. Yeah, but he's Thanos. I mean, he's just, he's uber powerful. Yeah. So. I just felt like. You got to get there because they're going to be a part two. Yeah. Uh, part two without a part two because they didn't, they didn't name it part one, part they two. They did originally. They yeah, had and it. then they moved away from it. Yeah. Which I think they just should. Let's go with part one, part two. It's a, Who cares? Yeah, it's, it's part one, part two. Like, come on. I've always said that the Marvel Universe movies should always be numbered so that people know the viewing order so that they're like going, where's this guy from? Oh, he was in at the end of Civil War. Oh, yeah. Right. I, think, I think numbering scares people, though, because then you just get... Anybody who's looking to go out into a movie, just, okay, cool, this is 
Black Panther. I'm just going to go see it. Like, you know. Yeah, I was, than, like, more Black the Panther. Blue, I was thinking more on the Blu-ray case. Maybe. You know? Yeah, maybe like some sequential numbering of, or like phases or something. They do have that. They have I know they have one a, and two. Yeah, they, they have, have like that, a phase. Yeah. They have that labeled on, the, on some of the new cases now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because um, the new movies, they're into phase three right now, which, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the new Ant-Man movie. I just don't care. Like, I like not that I don't. I like it because it's fun. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy fun. Right. I just, it's not that I don't care. It's just, I saw the trailer, and at this point, I'm just, I'm so, like, buzzed out of just, like, another Marvel movie trailer. It looks good. Yeah. No surprise. You know what I mean? Like That's happening with me with Star Wars, because you remember when a Star Wars movie used to come up, it would be an event. Yeah. People would be pumped. We're going to get now saturated. We're getting, we're getting so much Star Wars stuff that people don't even care that it's subpar. Right. Um, well, at this point, with the saturation that's happening with uh, Star Wars, it, there's going to be bad ones, and there's going to be okay ones, and there's going to be good ones. I've heard mixed reviews about Solo so far. I think um, I'm, I'm excited to see it, just because I don't know what to expect. Where, like, because, like, everyone's like, oh, have you seen Deadpool yet? I'm like, no. Have you seen Solo yet? I'm like, no. I'm like, when, when are you going to see him? I'm like, I'll probably see Solo before I see Deadpool, just because I kind of know what to expect from Deadpool. I don't know what to expect out of Solo. Uh, from what I've heard, spoiler, uh, for anybody listening, is that it really just focuses on the Kessel Run, yeah. uh, stuff, which that's kind of a, le- I haven't seen it yet, uh, but that's kind of a letdown to me because that was always one of these mystical things about Han Solo is how fast he, how many parsecs he could do the Kessel Run in. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of my biggest complaints about the, uh, the prequels was it pretty much laid out every single detail of these little mysterious things that were alluded to in A New Hope, right? Right. You know that scene like, where... Why do we need the answers? Where just Obi-Wan like... is showing Luke the lightsaber that was his father's, you know? Mm-hmm. And giving him this, you know, he was killed by a dark Jedi named, you know, Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, uh, that kind of mystery, you're always like, oh, that's going to be so cool. And then when you finally see it, you're like, fuck. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> That was dumb as shit. No, I uh, hear you, man. See, just keep it mystery. Yeah, keep the speculation going. And the fan my biggest swirling. complaint, though, about all these new movies being made based off of the original trilogy, is um, um, the Force Awakens. It literally felt like the same plot as A New Hope, right? A droid has information that they're gonna, you know. No, I hear you. They they follow the cookie cutter thing, but I think you had to make a safe movie with that one. I think for Star Wars to grow, you know, rather than retreading all the ground here and talking about those movies, the new or this this new trilogy. Yeah. I think if Disney is going to have the balls to make Star Wars work again, not that it doesn't work, but we're going to get tired of this Luke Skywalker thing, you know what I mean? They're going to have to figure out a way to distance themselves from Luke Skywalker in that saga. Uh-huh. Because if you lean on it for too long, you're just you're just gonna piss people off. Yeah, it's, it's just, gonna it's gonna and it's run its gonna, course already. It's, anyway. Yeah, and it's just gonna die out, and it's just gonna be I'm so tired of this Luke Skywalker, 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 Skywalker. Like let's, it's I mean, it's a billion galaxies with a billion stars. You know what I mean? It's a huge thing. Yep. And right now, as the Star Wars universe sits, everybody seems to sure know everybody in this giant fucking galaxy you yeah. know what I mean yeah. so they need to distance themselves from Skywalker and Vader and the Jedi I mean you can still have the force and you still have lightsabers but do something eons away eons away get away from the rebellion With char- maybe characters from right now that we have never heard of yeah start something new man yeah. there's so many stories to tell so many stories to tell yeah what do you think of this new uh, uh, it just got cleared to have uh, a Boba Fett movie I think that needs to happen though 
You think they're going to use that um, Australian actor they used for Django Fett? No. Oh, I, I heard they so. might. They're thinking about it. Oh, that. Might, I mean, I, I think it'd be okay. Yeah. Um, my question though, you think they're going to do like pre New Hope Boba Fett, or yeah. are they going to do coming out of the Sarlacc? Uh, Boba Fett, because in the in the expanded universe in the novels, you know he lived once mm-hmm. he fell in that Sarlacc. I think they'll forget about the Sarlacc pit and they'll just get him to the. They'll do the uh, the movie of how he became such a badass and how he became the one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy, kind of thing. I hope it doesn't pick up like right at the uh, after Episode Two, where that kid was like, you know, watching his dad get his head cut off. Um, where Boba was a young I boy, guess, you know. I guess we'll have to find we'll have to find out on that. But that could give, that could give him a good backstory to why he hates the Jedi, yeah, and why he wants to hunt them and do. And do. But I think it, there's so many things you could tell him. And I mean, he's one of those characters that's never really had the on-screen badassery. He yeah. just has an awesome costume and a and a great extended universe story. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, because he says what all of five lines in the movie, and then yeah, he has, and he's become a huge character. Yeah, he's just a cult favorite because of. How bad the mystery of it? Yeah, the mystery. So that's why I'm saying I don't. I don't want a movie to ruin that. I hear you. I don't need them to fill in every. I just. I just want to see. A, I just want to see a badass movie about him doing bounties. You know. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> I think it would be a good idea to use that same guy that they had for Django because all of the clones were based off that one guy, and Boba himself is a clone of his father. Yeah. And so using that guy makes sense. Using that actor. You could. I think he's. I think he's. Maybe too old no. to do a movie. Yeah, that was, that was 15 years ago mm-hmm. that he played that. Yeah, and he was already, not that he was old, but, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, I think that's too long. I think you got to find a, a just a, a no-name young actor, um, or just even the kid who played Boba in Attack of the Clones. Maybe he's old enough to do it now. Yeah. Or lo- look the part, you know? I, I don't know what he looks like now. I don't know either, but Attack, <laughs> of, the, Attack of the Clones was not good. No, it was not. Uh, if I had to rate my favorite trilogy, um, like prequel trilogy uh, episodes, I would say probably one, three, two. Yeah, I, I probably agree with that. Oh, did you hear that Darth Maul is in the new Solo movie? No, I did not. But yeah. I, I hope I hope to see him because that's badass. Cause yeah, he is same I, actor. I love Darth Maul. Me too. I was really bummed. Like, really, three fourths of a movie? That's all that character got? Yeah. I mean, he was a. Well, and he's something that that Disney, I think, can pull on at any at any point and just be like, "Yeah, let's do this." Because yeah. he's so badass. Yeah, and except, he has a ton of tales. Except, you know, obviously they can't go past episode one time frame, but yeah, I mean that's where he got cut in half. Yeah, but you you could say he's still alive. Meanwhile, they're also doing the. They also had him in Star Wars Rebels, so you'd have to figure it out because. If you get, if you do it wrong, you're gonna have all your fanboys like nitpicking timeline and all this shit. It's is just, Rebels in continuity? I mean, are they? Yeah. Is that canon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's a Disney produced show. Okay. So yeah. And uh, it's tough. I are mean, they keeping the um, Clone Wars cartoon still in? Yes. Canon there. Yep. Okay. Just not the books. Not the, the standard. The universe. only thing that's not is anything that was like. Um, Marvel or Dark Horse comics prior to Marvel, prior to Disney picking up Marvel deal, okay, and then Disney doing Disney and Marvel teaming up to do the new comic books. Those are all canon. Um, anything about Marvel tagline now, you know yeah. what I mean? Is all canon. Um, the shows, the kids shows, I mean animated okay. shows, those have been all acknowledged to be canon. But anything extended universe in terms of books, Crimson Empire, 
Because the Han Solo trilogy was an awesome set of books uh, about Han's background. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be hard for me to watch this movie and and see them them go a different direction. I'm like, that's not where Han came from, (laughs) fuckers. Well, that's just how it's going to be, man. I know. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, We could get into some comics this week. We haven't talked comics in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It was kind of a slow week for me. I only read one, and Tyler's got a nice stack there. Some of them are from two weeks ago, because we didn't uh, didn't talk about comics then either. Oh, sure. Um, What we got? I don't even think I got anything two weeks ago. No, you didn't. You told me you weren't buying anything. That's right. Uh, So we got Delta 13 from IDW. Um... When you first showed me this cover and I saw Steve Niles' name on it, I was like, sweet, I'll, I'll read it. Yep. You know, I love 30 Days of Night. 30 Days of Night. Um, the only thing I wish was the art uh, by Nat Jones um, reminds me of the artist that did 30 Days of Night. I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, that I couldn't tell you at this point. Or, you know, it's, it's eluding me. I don't know. It's on the tip of my tongue. It'll come to me. But this Nat Jones is... It's reminiscent. Some, it doesn't quite get there you know that yeah. kind of energy in his scroll it's gonna bug me i have to google it but um <laughs> i'm gonna go th- i'm gonna go start going through the book so, please yeah He's go for it, it up. um but delta 13 is from idw idw doesn't generally do a whole lot of horror books no they're usually more kid friendly generally uh, they've got a couple of books that are a little bit more out there uh-huh. but um delta 13 is steve niles and nate jones or nat jones's new book uh, it's a sci-fi horror book, and it starts off... Um, ben, T- ben Templesmith. Oh, there you go. Okay, you so go. all of his books have had this very sketchy look to it, and, it, and it, sometimes you can't really tell what you're looking at. It's, it's very creepy. Um, and this artist is much more clean. You yeah, can look he, at what he's drawing a lot better. He has that quality, but it's not so erratic. Yeah, it's not so... Uh, you know, frenetic. I mean, it's chaos. Yeah. Yeah, it's chaos. Yeah, yeah. This is more clean, um, but still reminiscent of that. Yeah. But it starts off with a crew. Um, they're on a spaceship. The book is a very dark book, and it's only really, um, it's only, only real light sources are things from, like, screens and buttons that are appearing on the spaceship. And uh, it's just a crew that's kind of going through the motions of um, laying down their crawlers on, on asteroids. Yeah. And looking for stuff. Really. Yeah. So being, they're scientific they're researchers. An, they're, yeah, they're an explorative Space team. Yeah, very reminiscent of Alien, and this book this book is already right. reminiscent of Alien when you read it. But uh, they're just kind of bantering back and forth and doing their daily schlog of stuff. Yeah, you know? one guy one guy's bored. He's like, "Can we play a game, please?" You yeah. know, and they, they got to drop the payload, which is their spider crawler yep. thing, which is basically just a little uh, animatronic um, AI excavator, or, you know, researcher that they can drop on a planet and pick up later. Yeah. So they're doing the, they're dropping those, and um, they jump. Into hyperspace, and they're all kind of doing on uh, uh, on on their R and R time. And the girl in the crew, she goes to the vid screen to talk to her husband. She's talking to him. They have a little moment. We get a little character, you know, fleshing out of yeah. like a relationship and like how she's yeah. been isolated on this ship for a while. And then uh, we also get the guys who are wanting to play that game. They're playing a game of Scrabble. Yeah, it's so, a Scrabble. Yep. And then uh, it's kind of funny. One of the words is a completely made up word. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Use nits. And he goes, that's not a word. <laughs> he's like, you sure? He's like, I'm sure. He's like, this would be a lot more fun if, you, if you'd hurry up. And he's like, let me look at the dictionary. He's like, that's called cheating. Yeah, you can't use a dictionary. No. And then, um, yeah, they're playing Scrabble, and then all of a sudden the red light comes on, and um, somebody comes over the intercom and says, guys, you need to get up here, like, right now. And they're like, on our way, and they run up there. And uh, all of a sudden they're on this collision course with this 
fucking huge asteroid, like planet size. It's giant. Yep. So uh, it's coming straight for them, and they're headed straight for it. They can't dodge it. They're trying to slow down, but they can't. They can't figure out, or they can't just uh, come out of the top speed that they're going. Uh, as fast as they want to. This is very so, Star Wars like too. A little bit. Where they come out of hyperspace and they come out in an asteroid field that wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that's exactly what's going on here, except for it's one asteroid, one, one giant. giant one. Yeah. And then uh, instead of avoiding it, uh, they see these giant holes on it. And he says, Those look like tunnels. Hit one of them, you know, go yeah. and we'll slow down inside. Yeah. So uh, they make it just by. Uh, an inch, the, even the hull gets... The, yeah, hit, it um, dings it, yeah. Yeah, it dings the side. But they make it inside, and it's pitch black in there. Again, the comic is very dark, but it sets that eerie, mo- eerie mood and tone, yeah. which I liked. I really oh, yeah. liked this. I was enthralled while reading it. Yep. Um, it wasn't one of the ones where I was like, okay, slogging through it. Like, I felt a sense of something is creepy and, like, I, uneasy. I, I enjoyed it till the very last page. Yeah, and we'll get to that. But um, they're doing their scans, and they're inside this asteroid, and they're like, it shouldn't be here. I don't know why it's here. Uh, I've never seen a, an asteroid this size. And then um, they're taking readings, and all of a sudden they found a heat signature, which shouldn't be there. And he's like, are you sure? Run it again. So he runs it again. It's still there. So they send out one of their crawlers, and as the crawler get, as the crawler's getting closer and closer to this heat signature, they get a little interruption in the video feed, and he says, there's something there. He's like, yeah, he's right. There's something out there. And then, boom, it's this giant wall. Yeah. With kind of weird, not not symbols and not writings, but etchings. It reminds me of the um, um, Minotaur book we read recently. Oh, yeah, for sure. Kill the Minotaur. Where the inside the labyrinth had walls similar to that. Yeah, very alien tech looking. Yeah. Uh, this looks like if, for all you gamers out there... Um, uh, the, the video game Destiny, Yep. Uh, there's like spires that have, you know, scrawling writing or just symbols on the side. So it looks like that. But then that's kind of where this comic is a letdown because, you know, there's like, they say, yes, there's something out there. And then boom, you see this giant wall and then it's just like to be continued. So it wasn't as big of a cliffhanger as it could have been. It was just Absolutely, like, man. Run into a wall. Okay. Well, give me give me a little bit, little more. bit more. Little bit more. A little bit more. I love the tone of this book. Uh-huh. I love the emotion that it evoked for me cuz it's a horror book and it made me feel uneasy and it's very dark and, and moody. Um, it does feel a little like um, doom mixed with like event horizon mixed with like alien. alien. Yeah, so there's those like tones in there cuz yep. it's uh, a sci-fi horror book. I'm excited to read more. Um I'll definitely pick up the next one, and if the next one is so choppy short like this in terms of, like, a cliffhanger, yeah. I'll be done, though, because I need to know... I need I need something to grasp me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so that is my only knock on this book. Uh, it's... I think that's too little of, of a story for $3.99. Yeah, they nothing really happened from beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, it set a mood, and it sets... It set, like, a mind... You know, a, a mind frame? Yeah. But, or a mindset? Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it, it didn't give us any character names. I don't know who these people are. I don't know where they're from. I mean, I'm assuming they're from Earth, of course. But I, I don't know Obviously, what the one that we were able to feel like we related to the most was the lady who called her family. Yeah. Because she was able to talk with her husband. We know that she's got kids. We know that, you know. Yep. Um, it just felt like... They felt a little the rushed. Time, the time with... Yeah. I think that's a... It, Four dollars, man. Four dollars is a rough price for price tag for that. Um, I would have at three dollars. I would have been okay with it. But at four, that's an extra buck. 
I mean, where where are you getting four dollars of? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where are you I, getting four dollars worth of value out of that? I really like the cover. It reminds me of, uh, um, you know, I'm terrible with names, but oh, um, you're fine. H.R. Geiger. Yeah, it's very Geiger. Uh, Geiger or Geiger? I don't know. I say Geiger. Okay, we'll call him Geiger. Oh, that's okay. I've heard Geiger, and I've heard I. But I think it's it, kind of like it reminds me of his artwork. Yeah, it's very Geiger. Geiger. Ge- Ask <laughs> HR. Yeah. HR. What's good up? old, good old buddy HR. Good. Yeah, yeah. There's um, a really cool documentary about him on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? Yeah, it's pretty it's neat. Just he was a, he was creepy, a weird individual. He was a ugly dude. Yeah, and he did he drew ugly things. Yeah, you know this technomancy weird. Yeah, techno erotica mancy kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like bioelectric erotica. Yeah, you know? it's weird. It's 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 women and. Phallic and vaginal. Yeah, the, it's, it's really just the singer from Corn uses a microphone stand made by him, and mm-hmm. so it's this bust of a woman uh, facing forward. I'm pretty sure it's face forward. Maybe it faces the singer, but basically the microphone sits right in her head. You know, right? It's just he's just a strange, or he was just a strange guy. So. Yeah, he died. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I mean, um, Delta Thirteen. I would say grab it if you're a horror fan, an alien fan. Yeah. Uh, if you have seen the movie Event Horizon, I'm hoping this kind of how that turns out because I, Event Horizon is one of those movies that I, I love. Yeah. It's called classic for me. Yeah. And I've viewed it multiple times, and it's just such a awesome movie. Like, yeah. I love Event Horizon, and that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I don't remember it. So uh, it's don't got know Sam Neill. It's got Lawrence Fishburne, a uh, cast of other gobbledygook people. Sure. But, I mean, it's just. I mean, talk about space horror. Like that's. They find they find this ship that's like derelict, and they go inside. Yeah. I remember the I remember the plot. I just that orb, and it's a gateway to hell, and it's fucking crazy. So. That's awesome. It's a great movie. Special effects are amazing. Um. So this I did one, get a chance to read that. This came out last week. Yep, I did uh, get a chance to read Or the week before, so not this past Wednesday. But uh, Gideon Falls, number three, Jeff Lemire. Um, I love the cover right off the bat. I had to grab it because this cover, it's got the older priest in the middle, the one that died, and his eyes are whited out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a new trope that artists are doing lately to really show creepiness. Uh, well, they're just like movie poster quality. Yes. I was just going to say it reminds me of... Amityville horror poster or mm-hmm. um, any horror movies from that time frame, Dude, late seventies, like, early eighties. That honestly, that's like you're go, you go ahead and talk about this book, but sure. I'm gonna find this image. That looks like this crazy Instagram photo I took a long time ago and I made like touched up digitally. I'm gonna pull it up. Okay, uh, so in this book, um, the it starts off with the um, priest who has just been um, let go from jail um, because. Circumstantial evidence. Yeah, he he was being implicated in the murder of the priest and and the church home that he's staying in. The caretaker of that home, she turned up dead. Yep. Um, So he was the logical suspect, and uh, they were able to let They were... They found reason to let him go, because the local cops did not want to hold him. Yeah, and they They, had had nothing on him to hold him. It was all circumstantial evidence that he yeah. found the body. It's not like they found physical evidence that he did it. And it's kind of funny. Like, they felt in their hearts that he did not do it, but they had to question him anyway because the evidence was pointing towards him. Yeah. So they were, you know, especially the lady um, deputy, she felt relieved that they were able to let him go. She comes and visits him at the house, and she's got some questions for him, and um, 
just kind of following up going, Hey, I want to trust you, but I need, I need reassurances. Are you a good guy? I mean, is this going to come back and bite me in the ass kind of thing? Well, that, and she's like, you know, I just, I want to know who you are. Cause I have no idea. You just moved to town. And now all this crazy shit's happening. Yeah. Uh, then we jump to, um, our guy that has some real, um, issues. Uh, he's seeing a psychiatrist. He used to live in a home, but now he has, uh, he gets to live on his own. Um, but his psychiatrist keeps threatening to put him back in the assisted living situation, and he doesn't want to go. Um, he's been collecting all these shards of stuff from trash all over the place. His psychiatrist has really been down on him about um, continuing this behavior. He says it's because he's putting together the black barn. Yeah. It turns out in the last issue, right in the middle of a large city, I think in New York City, I think is where they're at. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, we right, still haven't, we right, still haven't figured out where he's at. But yeah, large city seems seems like New York. She right in the middle of all this traffic and stuff like that. The city disappears, and she sees this black barn, which was freaky. She confronts him, saying, "I saw it. I saw it." You know, um, and but she's still unwilling to accept accept it. that it happened. He, she she he, thinks it's a, a shared psychosis. Yes, because there's cases of that. Yeah. With patients and doctors experiencing the same thing because they're treating them. Well, and this patient, you know, unfortunately for him, he thought he had an ally all of a sudden, but yet now she's going, stay away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's rigged his apartment while she's coming over to his apartment. Which to I love to. this scene. He's like, rigged, the, this guy is nuts. He has rigged his apartment um, to the point where if you step on the wrong floorboard, you will step through it and you will um, impale your foot on all this uh, large shards of glass sticking up vertically. Ugh. Um, he um, has a, an acid um, trap. I mean, it's like Home Alone, but, but yet... But homicidal. But crazy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the doorknob is electrocuted to, like, almost kill somebody. With two, with two uh, car batteries here. Yeah. Um, he's got a um, jar of acid, so if you touch his bookshelf, the jar of acid will fall and then you. Uh, his windowsill is coated with some sort of Semtex. Explosive. So yep. if you if you crack it, and it, it'll blow your fingers off. Yeah. He's, dude's crazy. Like, you know. <laughs> but not so much, though, because somebody did raid his apartment and steal all of his research on this Black Barn stuff. Very true. Very true. So I just can't think of his name right now, so I'm just calling him the patient. Anyway, yeah. his psychiatrist shows up. Dr. Doctor Zhu is her name. Um and uh, he seems relieved because she says, I can see the black barn. I saw it. But before they get into that, the comic skips to the new priests uh, in Gideon Falls, the new uh, priest's first sermon on a Sunday. And he's been stressing about what his first sermon's going to be about. And he basically just gets real with them and doesn't come up with a sermon and just says, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, new. Yeah. I'm new. You know. Uh, here's what's going on in the world. Let's, you know, let's rap about that. You know, it's all about honesty today. Yeah. And honestly, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of crazy shit that's been going on in town. Yes. And I wanted to let you know, I'm here to not only deal with it with you, but help you through it. Like, yeah. You know, so that's, it was cool. It was yeah. Nice he wasn't doing this sermon that's based on, uh, religion, religion really at nope. all. He was just giving the people a pillar of, uh, hope to stand on. You know what I mean? As he's shaking hands and saying goodbye to everybody as they're leaving church, this is a small-time church where pastor, um, one pastor or one priest can uh, shake every person's hand and say goodbye, you know? Yeah. And so 
they're leaving, and he meets the guy that was leaning against the bus in the first issue. Um, and this guy definitely gives me a weird vibe. Creepy dude. Yeah, the wife doesn't really stick around. He introduces her, but the wife just kind of wanders away from him. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about him. There's something going on. Yeah, and he also mentions, that, you know, have you seen the doctor yet? And then... Yeah. And then he's like, no, not yet. And he's like, well, you should really go see him. And so a couple weird. people have told him to go see this doctor, which he does at the end. Yeah. Uh, we flash then back to Norton, the patient. That's his name, Norton. Norton. The and patient. You, you pretty much covered this part where she's saying that she saw the black barn. Yeah. And all that, so. Yep. Yep. And so there are basically they're arguing about whether it's real or whether um, shared psychosis kind of thing. All that jazz. Um Sorry about my cold, people. Oh, you're fine, But uh, we jump back over to the priest. He's back at his house. He finds some of Father Tom's stuff, um, and it's from the doctor, you know, from the doc, it just says, right? And it's some information based, you know, about this paranormal stuff going on in the area. So he decides to go see the doc, and he gets there, Doc Sutton, and it is this grizzled, grizzled, huge bearded dude uh, definitely looks like he comes uh, son of the 1800s. He's got his bibs on, <laughs> he looks little like spectacles on. Old timey prospector. Yeah, prospector is a good, good uh, description. Yep. And he goes, "I'm looking for the doctor." He goes, eh, "Right here." Anyway, so this Doc Sutton has basically created one of those, um, um, like uh, conspiracy theory movies or anything. The uh, wall. Do you see a wall, right? And it's got connections to all these newspaper clippings and photos and this person's connected to this and it's a giant web on his wall right and it's basically all about this kind of stuff black barn doc sutton says i wasn't expecting a priest so fast you know because he was expecting somebody but yep not as quickly as he got it so that's where the episode episode <laughs> issue ends with uh the father meeting doc sutton and uh, going. Basically, being told like they're gonna, they're, you are you are our savior. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there's something demonic happening here. Yeah, the doc right, was check like, this out. Look at that. I made that like a long time ago. It's totally like that cover of that book. Yep, it is. So we're looking <laughs> at one of John's uh, old um, Instagram photos here, which also reminds me of a the um, poster for From Hell, Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Kind of looks like that. Mm-hmm. A little um, bit. Also, that Keanu Reeves movie. Um, the Constantine movie that he made. Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Duh. I was trying to think of the title. I'm like, oh, it was called Constantine. <laughs> totally. It kind of looks like that cover. Totally was. Um, have you read uh, Black Hammer at all? No, I didn't actually get into this Black Hammer stuff, um, like when it first came out, and now it's like this big universe thing. Yeah. You know, like because this is got, Volume Two. Right. Now now issue got, Two of Volume Two. Well, they've got this, and they've got like that offshoot, and like they've got like Doctor like. Sherlock Frankenstein, like oh, I didn't know that was all part of this. Yeah, well, no, Sherlock Frankenstein is a character in here, but right. I didn't know there was an offshoot comic. Yeah, he had he he had like a one shot. I mean, it's oh. it's become this big thing. So I really like this issue. Um, so basically, the story of Black Hammer is these superheroes basically were forced to disappear. If you think of the Incredibles, where they were like forced to retire, I got you. And so this group of heroes were all forced to live on this farm. And one of them tried to escape the small town that is nearby. They can go about as far off the farm as this small town. Are they, like, government regulated? Uh, more supernaturally regulated because this one... Oh, um, was it, like, a spell? Yeah, kind of. Just She tries to get out, and she ends up going to hell. 
Oh, cool. Uh, she she literally meets Satan while she's there. Um, she nice is guy. she's the current incarnation of the Black Hammer. Um, it's it's just a really cool super superhero supernatural story. Yeah, very, it's not uh, kingdom <coughs> kingdom come. Yes, kingdom come is a good. You know, I know everyone rants and raves over the artwork of Kingdom Come, but I never really liked that painterly style. I mean, you. I, I like mean, Alex Ross, Ross. Alex Ross. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. Alex Ross. I mean, I like him. But it does. I, it doesn't draw me into the story. No, it's separate from the story for me because it's not a comic book style. Yeah, it's great for like if you want a, a nice cover uh, or a nice poster. A nice poster picture, would be cool or painting. something in your house. You know, he does paintings. That's what they are. Yeah, paintings. And but, so um, for me, reading an Alex Ross drawn book is really hard mm-hmm. because it feels so separated from the dialogue well and some of it's almost a little too realistic where like you know batman's suit looks so cheap you yes. know what i mean yes and i'm not saying it's bad it's not a knock on him because his stuff is so real yes like he can't like he can't make batman's suit look like badass badass because it, it is cloth and yeah. you know and I mean, kevlar he, and... yeah he he uh he evokes this golden age of uh superheroes where yeah was, i mean clark was, they clark, throw on their pajamas and run out to save people you know what clark, i mean clark uh older clark Slash Superman. I mean, he's old and grizzled, just like Bruce, you know. Yep. And uh, it's just I, it's I just a fun story. But I don't like. I like Alex Ross, but not as a comic book artist. Yeah, for a yeah. story. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this has a Kingdom Come story feel to it. The art look, artwork is much different, but. <coughs> Excuse me. You're fine, man. I like this book because. Hack your way through it. I'm reading Gideon Falls at the same time, both Jeff Lemire books. Yeah, they are. And so it's really cool to see two totally different, you know, plots going on with the same guy. You know, it's a lot like um, Robert Kirkman when he was still doing um, Invincible, Invincible and Walking versus Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah, completely different books. But now Oblivion Song is leading more towards Walking Dead-esque, you know? Um, yeah, a little bit. I would say a little bit. Yeah. But uh, anyway... Great book. Uh, still early in the in the uh, series. This is volume two, issue how many, two. How many volume or how many issues did uh, volume one go? Six, eight, twelve. May, maybe six. I don't know. It's in one uh, trade paperback, so I think probably six. But um, I don't know. I I bought when this second one came about, Age of Doom. I went back because I hadn't read the first one, so I bought it as a trade paperback. Because for sure. Um, the first volume, the first issue, is pretty hard to find affordably. Yes, yeah, it, it exploded. I mean, it was like one of those things where I missed the train on because I just I saw it and I wasn't like super jazzed about the artwork, and then I was just like, you know, whatever, I'll just pass it. Like, yeah, it seemed a little Hellboyish to me, and I was like, man, I've had enough fair, my fair share of Hellboy. But yeah. I, that was just me judging the book by its cover, you know. Yeah, Mike Mignola has a similar style as uh, Dean Ormston here, who did the artwork for this. Yeah, very similar style. I'm glad Jeff didn't write it and draw it, because he's doing that with his other series right now mm-hmm. um, of uh, Royal City, which, to me, that one's a lot... Uh, it's a nice detour from this stuff, too, because there's nothing superhero or supernatural. The only thing supernatural is they're seeing or hearing their dead brother, Um but not in a like horror movie way, but right. more, but more in a we miss him way and he's with us kind of way. Yeah, um, to advance the story that he's trying to tell. Right. Um, so 
it's basically the story of a family dealing and grieving with the death of the the son. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm all about Jeff Lemire lately because each story I read is not like the other one. He's yeah, and he's a strong writer when it comes to uh, originality. Um, I'm reading Gideon Falls right now because I like horror, and that's yep. where I want to. That's what what I'm gonna you know stick with. Yeah, like Royal City does not interest me in the slightest. It's slow. You know, uh, but I've always liked those slice-of-life stories from Jeff sure. Lemire. Um, They're a little bit telling about maybe his life, too. You know yeah, what I mean? very much. He's Canadian. He loves hockey. You know, and that <laughs> all that stuff comes through. Yeah. <coughs> in that book? In all of his um, hometown-feeling books, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see hockey coming up in Gideon Falls in some form. It could be a hockey stick used as a murder weapon. Could be. <laughs> could be. Uh, Rat Queens this week uh, was really cool. Curtis Weeby, um, I really like his writing style. They Absolutely. S- they switch up artwork sometimes, and sometimes I don't like that. But Yeah, sometimes it's okay, and sometimes I'm like, what the fuck, man? What happened? I'm like, you know, I'm used to, like, how it was done. Like, yeah. You know, because I'm used to, like, that's how the characters look. I'm getting pretty bored with the story right now oh, because... Yeah. You remember that weird character we saw a few months ago? He was like erasing people? That he was erasing people. So now the whole timeline has changed, and some people know something's wrong, some people don't. Um, so basically what has happened is we're in the future. Um, have, you haven't read this one? Nope. That's okay, though. We're in the future, and um, the group is pretty much split up, and they're coming back together, meeting up with each other again, and the only one that doesn't want to have anything to do with them is the, um, I don't even know what you'd call her. She was the one that was always really bitchy to him. Um, I can't think of her name, but she's mostly like a witch now. And uh, the other four girls decide to go find her. Hold on, I'll find her name so you guys know. Oh, you're fine. Hannah, right? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, she's pretty much the the elf warlock, sorceress. Yep, and so in this one, um, she is definitely... Apparently in the past, um, something was going on with her father, and she felt slighted that the other rat queens weren't willing to help her. But that wasn't really the case. They they blew her off, you know, um, unintentionally. And that set into motion her going off this dark trail. Um, it's getting dull. I want to get back to the... I want to get back to the... Um, Adventuring and questing. Where every issue is just another quest, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be... Um, I've always felt like Rat Queens are supposed to be one where you could pick up an issue and not feel like you were lost. Yeah, and this is an and issue where you pick <coughs> it up and feel... Nope, you you picked this up and you're like, you oh, like... i got to go back and read what already happened. And then I'm like, oh yeah, we've been dealing with this creature erasing people. Yeah, I mean, Rat Queens shouldn't have to fall into deep storytelling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it isn't the reason I started reading the book and it isn't the reason that I, want, I kept reading the book right the reason that I kept reading the book was it was hilarious it made me laugh and it was always a fun adventure every time and yeah unfortunately it's getting to that point where they're trying to go a little too in-depth to yeah. these characters like we I, don't I mean, need this th- there was no comedy in this issue and um, none not really no wow. and even our little smidgen here no dreadlocks anymore and weird you know because I I can't quite decide if this is the future uh, because of um the timeline being changed, or if this is the present because it was changed in the past. I, I'm not sh- quite sure. It's a little unclear about what exactly what is exactly going on, because I think we're supposed to infer a lot. 
uh, based on, well, that's right, this person was erased from history. So, I don't know, there's a lot of weird feelings that have um, come up with the girls as they start to realize that things aren't right. And uh, I, I really hope we get back to um, leveling, leveling the ground again, you know, and I'm not sure... Because the events that led to this, those were hilarious issues. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, I mean, Rat Queens, the first volume, is still one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm, so great. I'm missing one of those uh, trade paperbacks. Yeah. Because, again, I, I wasn't going to collect it in issues. Uh, so, yeah, this is the second volume, um, issue number nine. Um, I, If you've already been reading Rat Queens, yeah, pick it up, because, one, it's going to go back to... Good book. I know it. I hope so. Me too. Uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of too bad to hear, though, that they're kind of going on this path of, like, trying to be too serious. Yeah. You You're know, a comedy book, man. It's yep. okay. Be a comedy book. Yep. You're I not going to win a fucking Nobel Prize. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, this was never meant to be, um, you know, today's Superman or something like that. No, but uh, but it, sound, it seems like they're trying to go, they're trying to get a little too deep into the story. And um, that might be telling of the writer and his mental state of where he's at, because... This book had some. This book had some trials and tribulations from the first volume ending, and then getting just kind of pulled out. From, the rug was kind of pulled out from underneath him, and it just ended. Yeah. You know, with there was a creative differences, but I think him and his wife were doing the book, and then they uh, ended up not doing well. They ended up with some trouble. Yeah. And then, you know, volume two started off really strong. Yes. And then now we're kind of back into this lull phase. Maybe like. I yeah. It's mm. just like it just feels like nothing's happening. It's. I shouldn't have to feel like I'm lost. That I'm like, what? What? Yeah. But I know that they want me to feel like that as the reader because they're erasing characters, so timelines have been skewed. Uh, I get that, but I don't know. Let's get back to the adventuring where they just go on crazy, you know, they take jobs and go off on this thing and something bad yeah. happens and then it's hilarious and, you know, there's lots of pot and drinking. and, <laughs> and Yeah, and I mean, if you want, like, uh, story arcs, give us... Give us like two or three issue story arcs. Don't don't give us. This these. isn't yeah. This isn't the kind of book that you should have these huge Branchings. story arcs. No, I mean I'm getting bored. Yeah, and, and that sucks because when this book comes out every month, I'm like, sweet, Rat yeah. Queens is out, and this is the first time where I'm going. Mm, I hope it picks up, and it didn't. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, how many how many more issues are you gonna keep going? Are you gonna are you gonna keep going, or how many how 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 much longer can you take it? A couple more. One or two. Yeah, and if it's still doing this and. Jump off. I feel comfortable, you know, having a, a ten issue run. Yeah. And if by issue ten, like it's sloping down, I, I don't have a problem with going. Well, that was a good chunk. Dropping uh, it. Yeah. Uh, regression is uh, by Colin Bunn. Uh, he wrote the Venomized series uh, that just ended right before the new Venom series started with uh, Dottie Cates. Uh, what else has Colin Bunn wrote recently? Dude, like tons of stuff. I know. Like Colin Bunn's name pops up everywhere. Uh, he did Dark Arc. Yeah, uh, I read that for a couple issues, and the artwork was bothering me in that. <sighs> really bugging me. Yeah. So I jumped off of that. But uh, uh, the man is a horror writer through and through. However, he does branch over into the Marvel the Marvel universe. And, yeah. Um, but yeah. I think but I think the Venomized storyline was good for him oh. being a being a horror writer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and Donnie Cates, uh, being a horror writer, is on the current Venom storyline, which I am so excited to read the rest of that. Like, the oh, next me too. Issue. Like, it's going to be so good. I think next, the next issue is going to be a, a bomb, like, like in terms of how it's going to shake up the yeah. Venom world. 
for sure. I love hearing the this new backstory. Mm-hmm. I guess not new. It's just we haven't it's heard un- it before. Untold. Yeah, we just haven't heard. Uh, I mean, to quote the book itself, it's a you know it's a Venom story like a ten thousand years in the making kind of thing. Yeah, I mean. Yes, we knew the symbiote had come to Earth, and Peter had got it, and then he rejected it. And but it's been here blah, before. Blah, 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 blah. But now, well, let's talk about the secret origin of this alien. Where you know? And yeah, that's just really cool, man. Like I, I love I, it. I never. I thought, love secret origins. Like let's do it. I never thought that it could be made into a, such a compelling ancient, story. An ancient being. Yeah. Um, and you tie it into history too. It's awesome. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Uh, regression, talk about tying into history. You know, this is all about past lives. Yes, um, it is. I haven't read this since, like, issue three. What are uh, we on now, nine? Yeah. Um, ten. This Ooh. is issue ten. Woo! Uh, I really like it. It's getting really creepy. Um, I mean, the book itself is disgusting. It's been a disgusting book since the beginning with the bugs and shit. Yeah, there, you mm-hmm. know, he's, um, the character has been, uh, I don't know, imagining or under delusions that um there are he's seeing all these dead things bugs and i mean it almost reminds me of um yeah there was some horror movie where bugs would come out the characters face all these roaches and stuff but uh, i can't think of it right now but um oh you know what it is it's from the batman games the rocksteady uh, oh batman sure games. uh scarecrow yeah scarecrow reminds me of that mm-hmm. uh we're the tox fear toxin soaks in and you're like, whoa, what's happening to your face? And there's all these cockroaches crawling in and around. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of that. Um, so the main character, uh, who's been going insane basically because his past lives are starting to resurface. Um, he finds out that, uh, he has been killed and reborn many, 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 many times. And, um, yeah, it's just dealing with the psychological damage of that, you know, um, and then there's this one scene of him taking a shower and he looks down in the shower and all these maggots are being washed down the drain and he smiles. So I'm not sure hmm. if he's realizing that like, they're not real because there's none on him. Right. Well, I guess my, my biggest question with this book is what is the tie-in with the bugs? Why are the, why are the bugs significant? You know what I, I mean? Don't, yeah. I don't know. I, it really hasn't made it clear. Cause um, I mean, we're 10 issues in and bugs have been a prevalent, like, They've been a prevalent thing in this book. Yeah. Uh, they've been a prevalent, like, artistic avenue. Because the art, the artistry, it's just every issue has something to do with cockroaches or millipedes, spiders, centipedes, yeah. spiders, maggots. Like, yep. there's got, there has got to be some sort of connection to a bug. And maybe it's the only thing I can think of is, like, some bugs cocoon themselves and come out something else. Yeah. Some bugs can, like freeze themselves and come out of winter and you know what I mean like yep. be reborn technically reborn or like there's a maybe a cycle of death because of the maggots you know they're kind of like a circle of life type of thing yeah there's a couple of these little frames of these maggots basically eating each other and it's just kind of a bloody maggot you know Ugh. snapshot um, yeah this book is just disgusting N- not in a way that'll make you physically sick, yeah. but in a way that, like, you're reading it and you're like, this is a horror book. This like, is gross. Yeah. Uh, I love it. The guy that's been kind of guiding him through these past lives um, at one point was the guy's wife in the past life. So they have a connection to each other. Okay. You know, um, the main character, 
was a guy in the past, and then this new teacher that he's found to go through it was his wife in a past life. Weird, man. Yeah. It's yep. getting weird, man. I need to like eat some shrooms and read this book. Bro. Yeah, this was a great book for if you're if you're uh, you know just gonna relax and stuff like that. I would just start in issue one, smoke a bowl, and just like <laughs> and just trip out. I mean, it's like listening to Pink Floyd while Pink you're high. Pink Floyd yeah. while you're high. I mean, you're just going, "Fuck yeah, man! Fuck man! Look at the bugs!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Uh, it would be a good book. You don't really give a shit about the oh, plot. Shit. You don't care that you don't understand. You know. You're just along for the ride, baby. Right. Uh, Hop on on. You're along for the ride. Uh, if you haven't uh, been on this uh, regression train, I suggest jumping out there, picking up the uh, trade paperback for the first uh, um, story arc. See, I think I might do that just to get back into it. Yeah. Um, you know me. I'm, I'm a weird eclectic collector. I, 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 my, my mood and collecting needs change on a daily basis. Uh-huh. You've so. got a good collection of like early issues of lots of, of stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of, of stuff. You generally like one, two, threes, you know? Mine is starting to go that way. Um, but in the past, mine, if I started um, a book, unless I really didn't like it, then I would end it. But yeah. I usually, if I, if I started it, I'm going to read it for a while. Um, so. Well, my thing is just, it's, it's my time and my money are very valuable to me. Uh-huh. And if, if, if you really, if your book does not really just reach out and grab me and I'm like dedicated to it, then I don't have the time or money to waste on your shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this, the world of comics is very fragile, uh, especially from uh, an American consumer standpoint. Yeah. You know, if you're a writer and you're an artist and you're trying to get people to read your book, yeah. like Delta 13, yeah. you, you got to give people more, man. Yeah. You have to. You can't expect anybody to spend four dollars on that and be and be amped for issue two. I'm not amped for issue I'm two. I'm not amped. I'm curious, but I'm not going to be like running out to the store. If I miss it, uh, if I miss it on the Wednesday it comes out, I'm I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't even think twice about nope. it. I'd be like, okay, cool. I missed it. Not, looks like I'm not going to read that because yeah. I'm not going to order it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I've been getting better. You know, like at one point my weekly comic but you know uh spending was like 60 bucks mm-hmm. i mean at, at its highest a week yeah. and you know this past week i left the store with 14 dollars worth of comics yeah um well, <coughs> only because i'm going not gonna read that anymore i'm just letting that go letting this go well and that's the beauty about the industry too you know it's a double-edged sword yes you're dropping books left and right but also people are making books left and right too. uh-huh so not I'm only up a lot of new stuff you know not only are you getting continuing series every week but there's at least two to three new books every week that uh-huh. are brand new and yeah. it's it's worth picking up you know i think a lot of people and a lot of listeners out there are maybe kind of pigeonholed into the this collector mentality of like i need it i need the whole thing i am just stop i've like, been trying to break that yeah like that's where i have shattered the mold on that like just stop and just buy what you like man if it's du- if it sucks don't fucking waste your money on it, man. Yeah. Go spend your money on Delta 13 and try it. Go spend your money on a new image book and try it. And if you don't like it, don't feel compelled to buy the next one. Then don't care. You got an issue number one, put it away, and hopefully a movie gets made. Cool. Yeah. You know, look at analog number one. Let's talk like, about we that. We didn't talk a- about that yet. Analog series that we just started. Reading. That we both loved. It's two issues in. It's been picked up for a series. Picked up for a film. For a film. Uh, uh, <coughs> going to be directed by the guy who did John Wick. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so just a quick recap. Uh, Analog wa- is a series about um, 
couple people who were responsible for basically taking down all the firewalls on the internet. So now all of the information for everything is available to anyone. On the web. Yep. So the web is still available, yep. but it's not as much, it's not used as much anymore because everything there is, is no longer a secret. And everybody is scared. So And everybody knows anything and everything. It's it's public domain to the point where it's it's completely transparent. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool where you see what's being moved on the black market now. What you know, what we would consider the dark web. Yeah. Right? And it's in its uh, copy machines. Yeah, now, now people are trading secrets by hand. Paper. Yes. So things have been come back to analog. So that's why the the book is called Analog. It's a great idea, it's a great concept. Not surprised it got picked up for a movie. Um but I was super happy to learn that news and also super happy to learn that the guy who directed John Wick is going to do that because he can, he has such an action mind. He can action up that story a little bit. Right. Uh, but still keep it gritty. And um, Do you think yeah. at this, I, you know, if, if we got much more away from the digital world, um, I think, I feel like I could change back um, and uh, acclimate rather quickly. I think you, so too. Um, I think uh, I could I could acclimate myself to because it, it's only been like ten years since I started using a smartphone. Not even right, but of using a smartphone. But how much of your daily life is uh, made easier by using that? You know. Oh, quite a bit because yeah. people will say because I you know as a substitute teacher, people are saying to me all the time, "Hey, can you fill in for so and so? Hold on, calendar right there." Uh, yes, and I just put it back to my face. Yep. Uh, because I mean, for you, it's it's not only just like a tool, but it's also a way to get lively your livelihood. To yeah, get, I mean, get work. I mean, you know, a few years ago, I never used the calendar in these phones. Right now, now it's like now, your best friend. Now I'm glued to it. You yep. know what I mean? <laughs> look at I'll show it to you right now. Uh, look at Wednesday. New comic book new day. comic book day, and I have that for every goddamn Wednesday in there because yep. because. I just think it's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I, mean, I, I, I put it as an event in my calendar. Yeah. I think there would be a lot of people that would be completely and utterly lost in a, in a non-digital world. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, these kids, the other day I was subbing in a class, and uh, these kids were chatting about, um, no, they were playing a game, um, uh, catchphrase. Uh, they were having a study hall, and it was Friday, so I said they could play catchphrase but it was an app on their phones, right? And you put it yep. up to your head kind of thing. And uh, they were, um, one of the things, one of the things that he had to describe and get people to guess was the word iPod. And he said, uh, really old form of listening to music. <laughs> and I was like, really old form. And I was just like, and I'm late for it. Dude, I, that was as, like... a, as a teacher, I'm kind of at my desk just kind of listening to see what they say, like vinyl, cassettes, eight track. Nope iPod and then and they're like yes you got it and I'm like are you kidding me iPod is your is your that's your old, old form of listening to music wow yeah I know yes I know people don't use iPods anymore and it's all on their iPhones but yeah it's the same fucking format <laughs> it's just in a different machine it's so true it's just in a it's just so using true. a it's just using a slightly different version of the same machine yep <coughs> yeah it's crazy I read an article the other day that yeah. said um, some schools are considering removing analog hand clocks because some students are having trouble reading them I know they're not digital readouts I know because it's this it's your phone screen telling you that it's seven dot dot one five I won't in wear p.m. I, I love wearing watches but they have to be analog watches because I don't need another digital watch well and digital watch digital watches are 
I'm just I'm just gonna say digital watches are tacky. Yeah, you and look. You don't look any cooler with a digital watch. No. You look like a pompous dick. <laughs> like I know. I think I. <laughs> I love analog watch. I have a nice big one that I got. I uh, think, uh, and the, it's awesome. You know. Okay, I can see the benefit of using an, uh, those uh, iWatches or whatever they're called. The the smart watches? Yeah, or, or any other smart watches. I can see the benefits, but to me, they like you said, to me, they come off as pompous a little bit. Well, and the smart watches, I think, is also another way to... It's just another way to cement you and tether you to this, you uh-huh. know, your cell phone. Yep. Uh, and I'm not knocking them because they are cool, but I already got it, man. Yep. I, don't, I don't need to wear this. On here, you know. No, I'm trying to, to distance wear... my phone from my me anyway. Yeah, I don't need to wear my cell phone on my wrist. Like, I have the cell phone. I don't need another one. You know, so yeah, that's just me though. I mean, me some too. people love them. You know, and some people use them for fitness, and I think that's initially what they were meant for. Yeah. But then you will see. You walk well, yeah. Around. When you saw the Fitbit, that kind of yeah. launched. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if we can measure that, we can put a cell phone on it. You know. Right. Yep. Yeah, that company that made people Fitbit. Can get, people can get their text messages, but then. It becomes, it becomes pompous once you see a fat person walking. I'm sorry, like, yep. you know what I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. But once you see a fat person walking around <laughs> with a smartwatch, like, hey man, what's your, uh, what's your uh, heart rate right now? <laughs> what's, your, what's your BMI? <laughs> yeah, give me that. Give me that BMI right right now. You know, you got that disabled. I would too. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't see the point of making myself more connected no. with devices that do the exact same we're thing, just in a different way. We're already way too connected. Everybody's way too into everybody else. Everybody else's shit. Yeah. You know, it's just. I watched my stepson yesterday, from the time he came home from school, to the time he went to bed, and there was probably only five or six minutes where he wasn't glued to a screen. eyes glued to the screen, thumbs typing out um, a message or putting in an address. He watches a lot of YouTube videos, tutorials on playing um, the game you hate. Fortnite. Fortnite. Sure, why not? Yeah. So So it's in, man. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's crazy, you know. It's just nuts. Yeah, and um, you know that microphone, the the snowball microphone that we were using originally for this podcast? Yeah. I sold that uh, yesterday to a guy that, um, is going to do just that. He wants something better for recording his uh, YouTube videos. Yeah. And um, I was talking to him. You know, I, I knew him from other stuff, and I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like he's contributing to the problem. <laughs> How so? Making YouTube videos, instead of people getting out there and doing it themselves, they're watching people do it. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, come on, guys. Even, I, I, this is sad where I'm even saying... Play the game yourself. Figure it out yourself. Who cares how someone else did it? I mean, that's just that is the age of now. You know, we've we've talked about that in uh, different episodes and prior episodes. Um, especially, we've delved into that uh, in our Alien Toilet Monsters episode, where we talked to the creator and he says he wants the slow burn. And you know, it's just in a marketability standpoint, in in a in a time where you're trying to sell a product. Yeah, it's the age of now. We need it now. I want it now. I need to know now. Yeah. I purchased it yesterday. You know what I mean? Yep. Shipping. We don't care. We want it now. I'll pay $80 a year to have this shit now. Yep. So it's that's just what it is. It's the age of now. It's just... Um, you know, we talk about this stuff, too. The, the funny thing is, is a little bit uh, uh, 
we do hi- it too. Though. Hypocritical. Yeah, because we do it. Well, we do it, and we're also film. We're also uh, recording a digital show to put out to be released digitally. Yeah. To be uh, on on cell phones. Yeah. But, I um, I look at that as I I would put out this show in any format. Uh, yeah, that we that, could. That we could. That I know people are going to listen to it. Since yeah. I know people are glued to their phones, we're putting it that way. Yeah. You know. Um, had this been 1990s, I would we'd be recording. We'd be at the college radio station signing yes. a chart for time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you only got an hour, Tommy. Right. This would be very Wayne's World. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Video camera on, public access kind yes. of thing. But yes. we don't need public access that always appeared um, very um, amateurish mm-hmm. because now we could put a show out like this, and we've been doing this for a year now. This is crazy. And and we could put a show out like this. And unless we didn't say something, nobody would know that this is early for us in this show. Right. They, True. Because with just a simple device like this digital recorder, you know, we sound clear as day, clear and uh, professional. And that is, that's technology, man. It moves at a pace that is impossible to keep up. Yeah. Impossible. You could have, I could go out and buy the newest phone right now, and it's already out of date the minute I walk out the store. Oh, yeah. It's already out of date. Once it's out of the box and I activate it and put it on my account, you're out of date. You, you don't have the latest. You don't have the latest shit. It may not be on the uh, consumer market yet, but you're out of date. Yeah. And the companies know that. Yeah. Absolutely. They get you to buy. They get you to buy the new iPhone for eight hundred dollars when they were already. You know, it's the iPhone X or ten or whatever. Yep. They're already working on the iPhone twelve. Give me a break. Like. Yep. They're, they're two products ahead of you, at all times. Yeah, and that's the thing that it seems daunting. You know, and right away, I, I, I used to get anxiety over that, that mm-hmm. very thing going, oh, I just bought this, and it's, you know, I'm behind. I used to care about that, too. Like, I used to have, because I did work at Verizon. Yeah. Uh, you know, I worked at the, the CD underbelly of technology. Yeah. No, I actually, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the company, but. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you have no, I, like, you have no idea how much I stressed over having the most latest and greatest, and it was tough, like making that two-year agreement of like i'm stuck in this phone for two years do i really want this and it's now i'm just like hey man give me something that i can put my apps on like i just i need durability i need it to work like if i drop it i don't care like just give it to me you know i I don't want i don't care about the device cost just like i want the cheaper one my son's always giving me a hard time because um he is a uh you know android user and i'm still using an iphone Android baby. So he, uh, I, I've told him, I said, Sean, this is just, as far as smartphones go, this is what I started off on, and it's worked. I, I know how to use it. I know where things are. I know what to do. And honestly, and if, so, you, if you jumped into Android, I think you, at this point, you, you would have a really bad adjustment what point, I, period. I, I mean, I don't think it would be bad after like a week, but you'd have to like dedicate yourself to like a week of like, because you'd have to get a Gmail account and you'd have to look link it up with all this and you'd have to get a Google Play account. And okay. I mean, it's super easy to just, it, it links everything through Gmail, but if you're already so dedicated to Apple yeah, and you've got everything. How many years now? Yeah, yeah, and you've got everything all synced to that. Yeah. It would be really tough for you to move over all to Gmail. Like mm-hmm. it would be really hard for you. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really don't, it's not about brand loyalty anymore. No. It's more about like accessibility. Eh, eh, I know how to use that. You know, it's <laughs> all about accessibility. Yeah. Cause new features and stuff like that for someone like me are not selling points. Yeah. I don't care that it's the newest, you know, facial recognition, whatever. Yeah. Well, and, um, consumerism and products and, uh, and, uh, accessibility, it all leads back to, uh, friction. How, 
how how much friction is there between you and the device you're trying to use? Yeah. If the, is there a large amount, then you don't want that. Is there a medium amount, then you can be okay with it. Is there none, then you're going to stick with that because there is no friction between you and that device and that Apple product. No, I know. I, when I, it does what I want it to do, and when I discover something new it can do and see if I can integrate that into my daily life. And Yeah, new features are awesome, because, but new features are a bonus because you already know how to use it. Yeah. If you jump to Android, the, the friction amount between you and the device would be so much, I think you'd be frustrated. Yeah. And that's what it is with uh, consumerism and in, in commerce even, too. It's all about uh, So there was a funny sto- story. I've got the iPhone 8 right here, and when I jumped from my six to the eight um some of my apps weren't backed up like i have this um comic book app where i it's a comic book database and i'm really um anal about making sure i know what i have because i'll you know show i buy so many comic books that when i show up in a store and this happened i bought um on wednesday i'm like i thought i had missed an issue of detective comics and um, couldn't find it in my detective run. Well, it turns out, so I bought it, read it, and I'm like, it was so familiar. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, did I buy this already, or am I just having, like, <laughs> deja vu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this morning, I discovered it was in a pile of comics that I just haven't, um, that I've read that just haven't been sorted and boxed. Uh, so, but what happened is, so that's why I have this app, but when I got the new phone... That app hadn't updated and saved it, so I'm I'm going through all my comics right now and re-putting them back in. Oh God, I'm See, up to S. Yeah, that, if and, we're going alphabetically like S I did, is, S is usually terrible. Just, yeah, usually there's it's like, huge. Uh, for some reason, there's just a ton of S. Because uh, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, so <laughs> uh, and I don't file them away as Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man. No, it's just all Spider-Man, Spider-Man. and then I well, I do alphabetical from there. Right. No, I, I hear you, and that's the best way to do it. Um, see, I'm not as anal like I, I probably have like three or four different piles of comics that are just kind of accumulating, and then when they, when they become a nuisance, and they would they, they become when they when they look structurally unsteady, <laughs> when they look like they're going to topple, when they I'm start, like, especially if they're not big, and they start sliding, yeah, they start to bow. Yep, I'm just like maybe I should file those away. Yeah, and then. Um, I open my stuff, I put it away, and then I look through the stuff that I have. I'm like, oh, sweet, I have an issue number one of that. Oh, cool, yes. I have a full run of that's this. When it, that's like, been, oh, when yeah, that's that's cool. been the good thing about this is I've actually had to physically touch every one of my issues again and going, oh, I've got this chunk. I don't even want this anymore. I should yeah. put this up for sale. Yeah, there's a, I have a full run of the New 52 uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws that I really want to unload because it's just, it's 40, it's like I think it's 40 issues. Yeah. And it's like, that's I have one through 40, all first prints, and it's all, it's just, that's 40 issues. It's a huge chunk of shit. Yeah. And it's not a bad story. It's just, I don't need it anymore. I went through a huge Red Hood kick after um, Under the Red Hood, the animated movie that came out. That was good. That was really amazing. I, I buy those DC animated movies because they're better than their than the live action movies. Yeah. And, uh, and it's better than the uh, Marvel animated movies, which are just too kitty. Yeah. The um, animated I, DC versus very mature. I just read that, or not read, watched that um, Dark... Um, Justice League Dark? Justice League Dark, yeah. Oh, sure. That was good. Um, they're, all, that. they're all pretty good. I mean, there was one that was like a Superman one against like... What's that guy's name? It's like a... Oh, what the fuck? He wears, he wears a Union Jack t-shirt. 
man. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, there's there's one that Superman's facing him, and, like, that. it's a pretty decent story for Superman. And then uh, there's Justice, or, uh, Justice League Doom or something like that. That's another good one. Um, the Killing Joke was pretty good. It except for right. the stuff they, they added... Um, a sexual tension Love at the thing. beginning, and that that really um, took me by surprise because I was watching this with my son, who was like eleven at the time, and then here's this animated part that's not part of the original story, so I wasn't expecting it. Batman banging Batman out it, Batgirl. Yes, and that really bothered me because she, in my mind, was always like a daughter to him. I mean, it's Gordon's daughter, obviously, mm-hmm. but Bruce has always looked out for her. So then to add this, like they're gonna fall in love and they're gonna do it. Um, just pissed me off. I was like, this is just gross. Yeah, um, and I think that they, I can see why they did it, because it gives gravity to the character without knowing the character from a newbie point of view. Yeah. Because if you have no idea who she is, yeah. and Joker shoots her through the spine, yeah. you, you have no... You don't care. You have no emotional... Yeah, if you haven't grown up with Barbara Gordon... You don't care. No. And it's just like... Oh, that, that and you was, don't—that was rude. And you, you don't know. know I mean? And you don't know that it's not as shocking in the current story. She is paralyzed, and she has a job as Oracle, Oracle. Uh, working for Batman. Um, but as far as her and Batman having a relationship like that, I just wish they would have done it a different way to get us to care about Barbara. Yeah, and not. Um, there was other ways to do it, and I and I almost and I almost feel that was another that was just another way for them to get pushed to the R rating. Yeah. Because I think they were just, what can we do to make it R? Yeah, because they sell you know? more if you make it R. You're like, an animated thing that's rated R? Well, that and, like, you know, how much blood can you put in it without being too over the top? Yeah. How much of this? How much of that? How much swearing? But, like, what what can we all fit into an R movie? All right, we can do sex, blood, violence, and language. Done. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what makes an R-rated movie. Yeah. We're going to make it. Yep. So. Oh, um, man. Man. I'm wiped out. Yeah. So, talk long show. We we talk comics, we talk tech, we talk lives. Yeah, we talked. We didn't talk lives. No. Well, maybe a sec. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot. Yeah, my my wife is uh, at Little League right now. My my stepson had a Little League tournament this weekend in Brandon. Oh yeah. So, I was at ball all night last night. Uh, oh, luckily I had this podcast on the. Uh, Dock it so I had an excuse to get out of there. Well, we're talking 94 degrees <laughs> out today. How terrible. It's not the fact that I don't want to watch baseball. I could watch Little League all day. It's the fact that it's 94 fucking degrees outside. <laughs> and I put some suntan lotion oh, on. I, had, I, I lotioned up my ears because my ears are the first things that burn because yeah. I'm always wearing a hat. Uh, yeah, they're sticking and, right out. Right. And then my ears push. I have large ears, so then they even push out even further, you know, and then... Um, in the back of my neck, I covered, slathered up real good. Yeah, but. back of my neck usually gets really burned. Crisp. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. All right. Well, well, we could go home. Yes, we can get out of here. Yes. Um, Let's end this show. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Smash the hey, like button, subscribe button, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna Eric Barnett, creator of uh, Alien Toilet Monster. Uh-huh. Um, he just put out his issue number two. Yes. And he had said back in the day that he, uh, if we read it and wanted to chat more about whether our opinions of the comic has changed, uh, he'd be glad to come back on. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to line that up because issue number two is coming out. Are you guys... Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely down. I would love to read his issue number two. Check it out. See if um, 
see if anything's changed. Yeah. Uh, or if it, you know, if uh, lessons were not learned. So, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Um, do you know if the local shop is going to be getting any? I have no clue. Okay. On that. I have no idea. I've been seeing it all over Facebook that the number two is out is what he, what the slogan is. Sure. The because number two is out. Yep. Nice. The number two is nice. available or something nice. like that. It's it's funny. A play on words, you know. Still for me, you know, if I were him, um, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have taken the martyrdom road of like, you know, I'm being victimized and people really mean. I get it. But uh, I would have just embraced it and just been like all over Facebook with it, taking all those negativity things and been like, people are calling it the most disgusting book. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then you're just, you're adding fuel to the fire of like, yeah. man, why are people so, why are people so angsty about this? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I mean, you, you got to equate it to like film. Like I would think, like Lars von Trier for, you ever seen a Lars von Trier movie? No, but it sounds familiar. Okay, he's done a movie. There's a movie that he did called Antichrist. Okay. And there's also a movie he did called uh, Nymphomaniac. The Nymphomaniac sounds familiar, mm-hmm. but that's because uh, that's a sexual he, term. So. Uh, right. <laughs> but but uh, it's, it's, it's a story about a com- it's a coming of age story about a girl who is a nymphomaniac and the uh, Lars von Trier uh, filmed actors having sex live. Okay. And uh, his most recent film is a, a film about a serial killer that has like abject violence against women and children and uh that's gonna be tough to watch it caused uh, like a a full like almost a full-on walkout at that at uh can film festival oh really it was that uh intense yes okay so but he you know what i mean he embraces that stuff he's like like, there's no such thing as bad press kind of thing you know what i mean and i don't believe there is either no and like there was so many articles about people walking out on this and now the, that trailer got so much like the trailer for the film got so much vibe because people were like what the fuck is this shit like yeah. you know so I think you gotta t- you g- you have to embrace it have you, you seen know? trailers or um, ads for that new um, animal movie um, but it's got they were talking right um, it's not animated but it well maybe it is it's it's about a dog show well anyway it got pulled. Because apparently there's something in there regarding a groomer of one of these dogs and its genitals. And parents went apeshit about huh. this. And I haven't seen... From the one I saw of the trailer, it looks like a cute kid movie about dogs. dogs going to the animal show kind of thing. But it's been pulled from theaters um, wow. because... Uh, Mothers went crazy. It reminds me of this trailer of we just watched about these puppets that are doing. <laughs> it's like Crank Yankers, the yeah, 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 this sure. movie that's coming out, which uh, um, really paints um, Jim Henson Muppets in a bad light because they look identical to crap yeah, that absolutely. Jim Henson pr- Productions mean, puts out. Puppets are puppets. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now, puppets are puppets, man. Yeah, except for when your slogan is. Uh, take out the sesame, but you can't take out the street or uh, something like that. No sesame, all street. Yeah, that's what it is. I get it. No sesame, all street. I think that's just. I think that's just more funny and coy than it is like a it, knock. It is, but uh, now it's affiliated with Sesame Street, right? And Sesame oh. Street is wholesome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Trust it, me. I, I mean, cripes that that controversy or whether Burton Ernie is gay is ridiculous. <laughs> They're just best buddies. God, best. Butt buddies? Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, are you team Bert, team Ernie? Ooh. Uh, Ernie? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely Ernie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, me too. 
Yep. Rubber ducky. You're the one. He's great. Yeah. All I right. love him. Let's get out of here, John. Yes, indeed. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Smash the like button, subscribe button, share it with your friends. Uh, helps us out a lot uh, to get it to new listeners. And, um, yeah, leave us a comment. Uh, we'll take comments, insults, all that stuff. Uh, anything you want to throw our way, we will field them all. Uh, yeah. If you write anything, I will read it on the show, good or bad. So, yeah, that might be fun just to read the horrible comments we get that would be awesome i would love like a paragraph yeah and just be suck. like stephanie from michigan go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> all right guys all right. we'll see you next time bye-bye all right see ya <laughs>